0: First from Isaiah, 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, sorry, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, will grow the pine tree, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign, which will not be destroyed. Uh, Now to the New Testament, in John, just after Jesus has spoken to the Samaritan woman at the well. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor.
1: It's indeed good to be with you this morning um, A Beautiful drive I love um, Seeing the trees and Going through the Frankfurt Highway It's always pretty And sharing God's word with you So thanks for the, the reading And um, I'd just like to ask you to think about that passage and the context of a woman at the well and there was jesus he came and it was a samaritan village he purposely went there and he came to engage with this woman and there's um, lots and lots of things that we could say about that but just to think about um, the purpose So Jesus had a perspective. He had a a vision and a goal. That's um, one of the themes for today, to think about that. But I'd like to begin with a story. And I trust that many of us uh, know about a man called Schindler. And they made a great movie about that called Schindler's List. Um, And he's... He started a company I think or was involved in a company that made elevators and escalators and you'll often find that if you're in a situation, a Schindler could be make, have made that lift or that escalator. So Schindler was a, a man who was able to rescue many, many Jews uh, during the Second World War. At the end of his life, he said, if only I could do more. But I don't think many of you would have heard of a a man called Nicholas Winton. So he was a Briton. And um, he had Jewish ancestry from Czechoslovakia. And he said nothing about what he did for 50 years and he only spoke about it then because somebody found some papers and diaries that he had made and written. He organised the escape of 669 Jewish children from Czechoslovakia. So it was just at the dawn, the war had not broken out yet but Uh, the German people were fiercely persecuting the Jews and they destroyed all the Jewish shops in Prague and they um, destroyed all their homes. Nicholas got a, his intention was to go skiing that winter on his holiday and he got a a note from a friend and said, please come, quickly. Uh, Forget about your skis. So he came. And he saw the condition of all these Jewish people living in these horrible places and ghettos. and, And he saw the plight of these children. And they begged him to do something about it. And he organized trains out of there. Altogether he organised seven uh, successful trips and one more, the eighth was not successful. That's when the war broke out. So Nicholas Winton raised money, organised the uh, departure of these little Jewish children to Britain just before the breaking out of the Second World War. 669 were saved but the last train every child um, perished at the hands of the Germans who intercepted that train trip. He actually had the details of 5,000 Jewish children in these records but could manage only to save these in the time available. He raised funds, he organised places for them to stay and all of them um, made it successfully. And most of their parents would have perished in the war. Why did he do that? We don't know. It doesn't seem that he became a Christian, although his parents were Christians. But he wished that there was more time He wished wished that there could be more people to help him. He wished there was more money available to organise more things. And he wished that he was better organised to be able to facilitate all these things. So at the end of it all, he said, well, he did it because he could. He took a risk. He just did it. And he acted in a very noble way. So this story came to light, um, I don't know, about 20 or so years ago, when someone cleaned out an attic. And he um, recognized that that was him. They recognized that. Our text today is about Jesus meeting an immoral woman. You have to go back to that story at the beginning of John 4 this immoral woman at the well and he organised at such a time so that he had an opportunity to speak with her. And we need to think, why? What's the big picture for Jesus? Well, he was there at the right time, uh, the middle of the day, when usually women don't come He came there with his disciples and he told them to go and fetch bread. But Jesus later explained to his disciples his motivation. And that's our text for today. He talked about his food. My food, he said. The basic needs that a man and a woman has and every boy and girl is food, a very, very basic need. It's just necessary to sustain life. It's important. You can't function without food, daily bread. I know you can't survive without water. We heard about that today. And it needs to be good water, clean water. Otherwise, it'll make you sick. But so also, we need food. Build our bodies, sustain our life, give us energy. So Jesus declares here in this text what I need, what is essential for my life, what is my energizing thing. If I don't have this, I can't live. This consumes my, my life, my need, my passion, his food. Controlling him, doing God's will. And of course we know what God's will is. It's not stealing, it's not lying, it's worshipping only the one God. Not having other idols, not making material things, not making our possessions our God, but serving him with all my heart. Doing the will of his Father. And Jesus did that. We learn that every single week. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus came to suffer for us, to bear the punishment that we deserve for our sins. Without this, we can't come to God. We can't approach our Father in heaven as we are, dirty and contaminated, like that that, that water from the well. How can we? when he demands pure hearts and clean hands. But Jesus came to give that to us, to take our punishment for our sins and to give us his righteousness. We know, I trust everyone here knows and is certain, that that is why Jesus came. That's the reason he suffered and died to give us life and you know the scripture says to bring many sons and daughters to glory. He came for you, he came for me, he came for many. My all consuming task, says Jesus in our text, is to bring Samaritan people and that day or the next day and the day after that he told these people in that village about Jesus and they they came to him many many came to faith not just because of this lady whose sins were forgiven but their sins So Jesus has this passion. I've come to do the will of my Father, to be constantly doing that. That's my food. And Jesus said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. How how could anyone understand that? How can we know unless God showed us in his word that that's what he came to do? That's why Jesus came, to do the Father's will, to give his perfect life, to die in our place, to shed his blood. I don't know about you, but if I try to think about facing the anger of God and being consumed by that anger, and thinking, I don't have to fear that because of Jesus. I don't have to be afraid to die should my day come soon. I don't have to be uh, anxious about that because Jesus came. And the dreadful suffering that I deserve is his and he takes it for me. And that's his passion, to go all the way to the cross. That's his passion. But Jesus is talking to his disciples now the woman at the well, the salvation of many Samaritans. And he talks about that passion. He says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Well, you know, that saying is not a passionate saying. That's not my food. If you would say, well, you know, there's still time. I remember having that attitude when exams were coming. Um, There's still a long way away. (laughs) I can do lots of other things in the meantime. Don't worry about it. It's four months away or six months away. And don't you have a saying, says Jesus to his disciples? I want you to open your eyes, to look at the fields, they are ripe for harvest. And Jesus is saying, it's time for you to get this passion. It's time for me to get this passion. And the words that he uses here Don't come across that way uh, very strongly in English. I tell you, says Jesus, really, I'm saying to you, lift up your eyes. Believers, disciples he was talking to initially, lift up your eyes. That's a, a conscious activity to you and to me. And then the next verb is look. Look at these fields. And all of this is in the command tense. Imperative. You, open your eyes. Lift them up. Look at. Eyes up. Eyes open, eyes observing. That's the passion that Jesus is talking about to his disciples. Don't you see what's just happened here? A woman has found faith in me, has recognised me as her saviour. And the whole village has come to find salvation in me. My food is to do the will of my father. My passion is to go and die on the cross. Your passion. Open your eyes, look up, see, observe the fields. They are white or ripe for harvesting. Last year we managed to visit our grandkids and kids in uh, WA. We spent some time on our own. Um, traveling through uh, wildflower country near Perth or north of Perth, and it was really uh, a nice little breakaway. But we also saw the wheat fields in the wheat belt. Amazing to see that the wheat fields in WA cover more uh, wheat or uh, more land than all of Tasmania in size. And to see the harvesting going on, to see three combines in a row next to each other, and tractors just coming behind, offloading them while they're moving, and to see that going on day and night, it doesn't stop to get the harvest in. And last year was, seemed like a bumper crop, 10 million tonnes. And that's just the wheat. And then there were lots of other grains. And there's so much grain. 90% of it's for export into Asia, into um, other countries. Huge, huge, huge harvests coming from um, seemingly very dry, arid kind of country. And I'm thinking about my passion. What do I see? When I see my neighbour, we have very friendly neighbours. We get on well with them. Do I see them, that couple, as white for harvest? Or ripe, as the English translates it? Do I look up? Do I have that perspective, that vision? Or am I like the disciples or the saying of the day? as four months to go. The harvest won't be ready for a while. No need, no need to uh, be concerned. Direct your vision, says Jesus in this way. A very well-known hymn is Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. See the cross. Think of him screaming out in agony. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's a, a new version of that song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. And the verse goes, uh, a follow-on verse goes like this. Turn your eyes to the hillside. Kind of saying what this verse is saying. Turn your eyes to the hillside where Jesus died. But also to the hillside where people live. Where there's a world that's dying. His perfect salvation to tell. If light has flooded your eyes and you can see because of the cross, we're being challenged today as the disciples were challenged in Jesus' days. Look and see. Think differently about people, look at the fields. and see if this is your passion. So that even a well in India has that perspective. Of course people need clean water and it's good for their health, but it also gives Sureshi an opportunity to say, but we know somebody who gives water which will mean you never thirst because you've come to the Saviour. Nicholas Winton actually did, didn't know why he did this. He just did it because it was a good thing to do. He did it because he could and he did it out of impulse. He just did it. And of, of course that's a very noble thing to do. And he was a very noble man from that perspective. But this morning our Saviour is teaching us as he taught his disciples to have his passion for the world in which we live. May I lead you in prayer.
0: Father God, we thank
1: you for Jesus. We thank you that we could remember again that on a forsaken place outside of Jerusalem he suffered and died and he was even forsaken by you his heavenly father we thank you for his love and mercy for, for us and our prayer this morning is that we might have the passion that he had in seeing people differently. Not in a sense that we uh, postpone talking to them about, about you, but rather see even now, consider even now that the fields are ripe for harvest. May many come to you and be pleased to Make our passion to grow and our concern for those who are perishing continue. Go with us now into this week, loving the Saviour, serving him for his glory and his honour. We pray this in your name. Amen.